What's going on, everyone? Welcome around. Shipper here on 89.1 WXVU. It is Monday, January 13th, and we are back at it for one final semester here. I am joined by Conrad Bayer and Jack Sherwood. How are we doing, guys? I'm pretty good. How are you? Very good. Which one do I speak into, Pat? Try Left. that one. This one. Can Left. you hear me? That yes. one. Does it work? Yeah, I can hear it. Speak again. Hello? Yes? It's still not great. It's not great. Sit, talk. Hello, I can, there's Conrad. nothing coming Conrad. out of that one. This one's a good mic. So. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna share. We're gonna share. You can All move right. my stuff. Move my stuff. All right. I mean, how else would you expect things to start off here on uh <laughs> on the show? But so we're gonna try to actually fix that next week. I have a microphone coming in, and um and that should be able to uh, to really increase the audio quality here of um of all of us so that we all have a decent mic here and hopefully matt will be able to join us as well but glad everyone is doing well um we are going to get into the shout outs we've got an abbreviated show today just because the national championship game is an 8 10 kickoff so we'd like to be able to get back to that so as we kick it off shout outs to connor jordy megan jules shannon joe rebecca rick dan brian jack not sherwood madeline mark cap city joe zuli making it onto the countdown for today uh uncle ken aunt diane marie joe johnny mom dad bears kane sherwoods woods moys everyone and anyone thank you so much for listening you can follow our instagram round underscore tripper 23 the podcast goes live every tuesday morning on itunes and spotify just search round tripper two words and we will have our first caller of 2020 calling in uh when we get to our game picks for lsu clemson so all right boys ready to rock and roll let's do it let's get into it all right so the national championship preview is where we start off clemson will take on the lsu tigers where the line has moved to minus five over the last hour in new orleans to get there lsu rolled oklahoma 63 to 28 and clemson came back against ohio state from a 16 nothing or a 16 point deficit to win 29 23 the main storyline is joe burrow versus trevor lawrence what are we thinking going in? I think it's gonna be a good game. I think it'd be a real shame if you bet the under and you have to go to the water cooler tomorrow and sit yeah. there betting the mm-hmm. under. But um, I'm expe- I'm expecting fireworks. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think what well, I would say two out of the top three quarterbacks in college football going at it. I'm excited. I think it's gonna be heavily Tiger crowd. Get oh, it? look at you! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's gonna no, be heavy LSU crowd. I think it's gonna be. It's, it's, it's gonna be seventy at worst percent LSU mm-hmm. crowd. It's sixty miles away from Ben Ben Rouge. Ben mm-hmm. Rouge, uh, and it's like LSU Clemson's made it five straight years to the college football playoff. It's like how much more do those fans want to keep going? Grand national championship, but LSU hasn't been there since two thousand eleven. But I'm just excited. I think it's gonna be. I'm hoping the game of the like game of the decade, game of the 2020 uh, decade. Ha, I'm sorry. Okay, wow, apologize. you're coming out with yeah. all the puns no, but, to start no, it but, off. But uh, truthfully, I think it w- I think it will be better than LSU Bama, than Bama Auburn. And I think it's going to be, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it might be a little less low scoring than people think, but I still think I can see in like both teams in the 30s. Conrad, yeah, I, I'm kind of on the same same wavelength for the final score being both in the 30s. I don't think we're gonna. CLSU put up 60 again, um, and I think it's going to be a pretty much back-and-forth game the entire time with the offenses really being able to do maybe not everything they want to do, but really controlling the game and the defenses kind of being like who's going to get that first real stop um, because both these offenses are just so high-powered, especially with their wide receivers. Just both wide receiver cores are absolutely spectacular, yes. not to mention the quarterbacks throwing them to them. Probably this year's number one pick and most likely next year's unless something happens. Um and that's been predicted since uh, Trevor Lawrence was a freshman. So 
Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a great game. A lot of offense. Um, definitely, probably see that over over hit. I would hope so, but um, you never know, especially with how college football has been going. Yeah, we're we're hoping for a fun game going into it. I mean, last year Clemson was able to handle Alabama um, pretty handily, so you're hoping for a much closer game here. Just Burrow and Lawrence. It truly is an incredible matchup to be able to get this on a national championship game. And uh, Ed Orgeron was kind of asked about this and said that, you know, in years past, there have been a lot of game manager quarterbacks that have led teams to national championship games. Just haven't really seen that over the last couple of years. It's been the more high power guys. I mean, just look at the stats from Lawrence this year, 36 touchdowns, eight interceptions. As we saw against Ohio State, he can move as well out of the pocket. And then just the ridiculous stats of Joe Burrow, 55 touchdowns, six interceptions, 78% completion percentage. I cannot emphasize that enough. 78%. What's his percentage on like pressured passes too? Isn't it something that would it's be, like it's, 74? It's, it's very like high. crazy high. Yeah. As well. So first off, LSU's offensive line is very good. So yeah. he doesn't face it too much, but when he does, he's still able to have that pinpoint delivery. So as just as a quarterback matchup goes, it is absolutely unreal mm. going on. Now, one of the programs, cause we do want to kind of move for, forward with this rather quickly. Cause it is a, a, a short show. Even if Clemson does not win the national championship tonight, are they the gold standard in college football right now? I would have to say yes. Um, you would have to, it'd be clearly it's between Clemson and Alabama, but just as this year has shown Alabama, not even making the playoff and Clemson making it um, again and making to the championship game. I think you have to put Clemson as the gold standard right now because of their just being able to do it over and over again. While it is an easier conference, and that's why they're able to go undefeated, it seems like, every year. Um, that's, a, that's a knock to it. But when they do play that higher-pressure situations in that college football playoff, beating an Ohio State like they did, having to come back after being down a lot in the first half, I, th- I think that makes them the gold standard because they show they can. They just don't have the opportunities that an Alabama does to show how good they are because of the conference they play in, and you can't really knock them for mm-hmm. that. You kind of have to be like AC, ACC. You kind of got to step it up here. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I do think that they are the the gold standard in college football, regardless of what happens tonight, even with Alabama. I put them ahead of Alabama right now because just think of it. The Athletic did a really nice piece on this last week. They're a regional school from South Carolina. They're not even the most followed school in South Carolina. That would be South Carolina University. University of South Carolina. University of South Carolina. You're correct. USC. Uh, USC. USC. Yeah, yes. Um, they have their first, like just to think of the now, how national Clemson's become. They have their first recruit from California since the early 1990s coming in next year. And he's the number one quarterback in the country, still willing to come in and sit a year behind Trevor Lawrence. Wow. They have yeah. state-of-the-art training facility. They're achieving the same, if not more, than Alabama. I think Clemson is the gold standard right now for college football, regardless of what happens tonight. Now, they have a very good chance to continue to add on to that tonight. But on the other hand, you've got LSU, a team that, as we talked about uh, before, hasn't been a national title game since 2011, which was a very, very ugly national title game for them. They have not won it since 2007. Was it Nick Saban the coach? Yes. My, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. I apologize. Yeah, I just or was that, that Les Miles? Oh seven, might have. I think that 07 has got to be less miles. I think oh three was LSU under Saban, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so looking at that for LSU, it's it's been a team on the rise the past couple of years. Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah less miles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it's been a team on the rise the last couple of years, especially through what Orgeron's been able to build there, and obviously nowhere near what Clemson is right now. I mean, they've been in three out of the last four national mm. championship games, as uh, Sherwood six, said, six out of seven. College football playoffs. Yeah. yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible what they've been able to build there. All right, keys to the game, and then we'll get into predictions, and Jordan will call in there to, to join us for ours. 
Do you want me to start or does someone else want to go? Okay. All right. So for LSU, as I touched upon there, stay efficient. Burrow with that 78% completion percentage. Joe Brady has done an unbelievable job as the passing game coordinator there. I'm actually shocked he didn't get more NFL mm-hmm. looks mm-hmm. Um, now with this coaching cycle over. Yes, he could still get brought on as an OC somewhere or a quarterback's coach. But like, what an unbelievable job for them. Um, and then the other thing for LSU, they got to get touchdowns. Just think of what Ohio State did where they went up 16 nothing, but it was because they kept kicking field goals and they couldn't get into the end zone in that semifinal. If you can get up on this Clemson team, you have to put them away. So they need to find a way to get in the end zone. And that could be a problem for them as they're 85th in the country in first and goal efficiency which you think of this offense is incredible. They put up a lot of points. They put up a lot of yards, but they're usually doing it from farther out. Once they get up into around that red zone area, they've struggled a little bit. And so if they don't get into the end zone, could see some problems. Yeah, I think also, um, yeah, very similar. I think that Joe Burrow, excuse me, Joe Burrow, he's Mm going to throw. I think that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he throws a single interception tonight, but he's going to, whatever he does, he's going to be Joe Burrow. I think it comes down to if Clemson wants to win, it's Travis Etienne. Yes. Clyde Allers Allure or however, um, just Clyde. I, 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 yes, thank you. Is he is I don't know if he's still nursing the hamstring injury, but to be able to take for Some pressure and, off. Yeah, exactly. You're able to take pressure off Trevor. What Travis Etienne's able to take pressure off Trevor Lawrence. He's also is a great great pass catching back. He ended up scoring the game when he touched down. He caught a couple screens. He's I think did he have that slip screen too? Like back at like the ten yard mm-hmm. line, he ran at sixty yards. Um, but I think that I think that's the very key. I think also two for Clemson. Their safeties are not as quick. Shout out to my dad as he pointed this out during the college football playoff is Clemson safeties aren't as quick as SEC safeties. So it's going to be important that they wrap up those that they're there and that they don't get beat, whether it's on a catch and run or if it's, you know, if they're playing cover one or whatnot or zone and they end up losing their men. I think that's for Clemson to win. uh, Etienne's got to have a big game and the safeties have to play well as well. Yep. I say for LSU to win, I think they got to control that like, Sherwood was saying that running game of Etienne and then also Lawrence. While Ohio State was able to kind of control Etienne, um, they let um, Trevor Lawrence kind of run all over mm-hmm. him. And if you're gonna, you're gonna have to control both of those running factors and make Trevor Lawrence beat you with him with his arm, which he's completely capable of doing. But you got to at least make try to make them at one dimensional, one dimensional if you can. Um, so I think that, and then for. For Clemson, they got to just make Joe Burrow just, yeah, like you said, score touchdowns on every play because if they're able to keep him to field goals in that first half and just have a chance at the end, while Trevor Lawrence hasn't had to do too many comeback drives, he showed in that um, Ohio State game that he's very capable of doing that and could very much do it again against this LSU team. Yeah, absolutely. And for Clemson, um, I think they need to keep Trevor Lawrence upright. They can't really, if LSU is able to get pressure in his face, that's going to cause a big Big problem for them. And to do that, they have to get Etienne involved, as as Sherwood was referring to. Last three games, LSU's past defense is allowing a 42% completion rate, one touchdown allowed, six interceptions. The t- It's such a fantastic secondary led by Delpit um, in the, for, for LSU. If Clemson can stay, and Clemson is usually very balanced, but they need to really commit to it, get Etienne involved, whether it is in the short passing game as well as the run game. If Clemson does that and can kind of limit time of possession or maximize their time of possession, and minimize how much LSU and that high-powered offense has the ball, I definitely think you've got a decent chance of Clemson coming I think, out with the win. Yeah, I think LSU's key to win is, like, basically knock them out. They have it not be a game in the fourth quarter. I think for Clemson, they want it to be a close game. Because, like, look at Trevor Lawrence. Is he just has, he goes in there, you know, last week he had to go 90 yards. Yes, there were, or pardon me, not last week, but last game. There were the flags, everything, you know, what happened. 
But just regardless, Ohio State is up, what, three points or four points, and the ball's at their own six-yard line. Mm -hmm. And they let Trevor Lawrence down immediately in like 65 seconds. And that's why Trevor Lawrence, just he goes out there and he just, I don't want to say like he doesn't, he just looks like nothing phases him. Mm -hmm. It's just like he goes out there, all right, I got to score a touchdown. And he does it. And he hasn't lost. I know, that's the thing, he's 25 and 0. That's the incredible thing. So I think that, and also too, just Clemson's playing close games. Obviously, they had the scare against UNC. Um, against UNC, they won last game. LSU really hasn't run into a tough game. Is the the Bama game was close, but they were kind of in control the whole time. So Bama, Florida are the only only decent yeah. games for them, and then Auburn is the only team to hold them under thirty this year at yeah. twenty three. So LSU's kind of had smooth sailing throughout, even going up. And, against if, the yeah, and even teams. the Auburn game, it was kind of. I guess that was a close game going into the third quarter, but that's the big thing. I think if Clemson can keep it close, they'll be in a. I don't want to say a great. Sh- they'll be in a good shot because mm-hmm. who you know what it's gonna, what happens when the cards fall on the table. It's fourth quarter. Clemson's had experience. LSU unfortunately hasn't had that much experience, but I think it's what I said. I think it's gonna be a great game. Yeah. I'm excited for the best game of the season. Yep, I agree. And so we will move on to the predictions. Jordan, you are good to call in right now. So as I said, LSU, Clemson, Clemson minus five, or excuse me, LSU minus five. So give me your game pick, your spread pick. If they're the same, that's totally fine. Um, Sherwood, we'll start with you. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry. My, I'm going to go check the live stream. My brother said he sent in a trivia question. Oh, really? Conrad, we're going to start with you then. <clears throat> so my prediction is I think that LSU is going to win and cover. I saw a stat on ESPN earlier today that the of how underdogs fared in the um, college football uh, championship game during these playoffs, and it's alternated every year. And obviously last year the underdog won. Mm-hmm. So I believe just not only do I think that LSU is just a machine right now and that Clemson just hasn't seen the likes of LSU this year, not only because of what the conference they play in, but also I think LSU is so much different than Ohio State and so much better. Um, that Yeah, I believe that LSU will win and cover this game. Um, just they're, they're the better team, and I think Joe Burrow is good enough and has the, has the moxie to pull it off in this, especially being in Louisiana. Yeah, Sherwood? Uh, yeah, I think LSU by two scores. I think 30, well, I said like 37-27. Yeah. Even though I said both teams are scoring 30, I'm going to contradict yeah. myself. I apologize, but... And get I, under. Yeah, and get, yeah, I think that, yeah. That is, oh my gosh, yeah, I completely contradict myself. <laughs> what have you done? Yeah, I don't know what I've done. Uh, yeah, you can go. And also, All right, so I will step, before we get to Jordan, I am going to go LSU... Wins Clemson covers. I think we're getting a close game tonight. I think it's going to be a fantastic game tonight. I'm going to say 38-34 LSU wins. So I think we're going to see some points. There absolutely is a chance that this thing ends. If, As I said, if Clemson's able to limit time of possession, we could see them try to squeeze this one out and squeeze the life out of LSU. I can't emphasize enough how brutal this is of Clemson to have to deal with an LSU home game yeah. in a national yeah. championship. Like That changes and the a game. Huge, I guess it's the same size. It's basically they're going in to... Um, Byron. I also too shout out Mike the Tiger. Of course, how could you not? If they bring out Mike the Tiger, bet bet the house on LSU. <laughs> if, Mike the, if the live Tiger walks out onto the field, I, I apologize, Pat. That just popped in my head. I'm on, <laughs> I, I, it's okay. I, I put in a mental note like during break to bring that up. That's that's all right. So that'll do it for me. LSU thirty eight thirty four. Jordan coming in with his lock of the week as well as his game pick. Jordan, how are we doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, all good, all good. Happy to have you on. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Excited for lock of the week. Fantastic. You're good to go. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're sticking with the theme of the college, uh, college football national championship here. As we've already heard the prediction from your favorite radio hosts. That's right. Um, yeah. But the um, lock of the week this week is going to be LSU first quarter 
Um, minus half a point. Big fan of big fan of this one. Why is um, that? So, Clemson in the history of the Clemson program, they've played in seven total college football playoff games in this like college football playoff era. In those seven games, they're two for seven in the first quarter. Mm. Um, they've almost never gotten out to an early lead. However, they're a team with really good halftime adjustments. And in those games, they're six for eight and winning. But if you can think back of all the recent Clemson games, you're find they were losing early in a lot of them. Ohio sure. State this year was actually looking pretty bad. The Notre Dame, they started slow. They were um, tied at the end of the first quarter. And then before that, they were playing Bama. They had a big comeback in 2018. And in 2017, they also had to play Bama. So they had a similar deficit there. And LSU has a lot of talent on their roster, a lot of high-flying offense, and it's a team that you have to make adjustments in order to contain. And I really think that in the first quarter, LSU is going to come out firing. Yeah, I can definitely see that, especially with the last you said that LSU offense has been unbelievable, record-breaking this year, obviously with the Heisman Trophy winner. And uh, it'll, I think this is leading up to be a pretty good game. So, what's your game pick? Game pick? I'm going uh, LSU 34 and uh, Clemson 24. Okay, all right, so ten, yes, pick. Sherwood also has the 10-point deficit there for, yeah. for Clemson. So why do you think LSU is able to get it done in the end? Uh, really, I think it's just too much talent, and they're going to get out to a big big lead early. Um, college is different from the NFL. I know Clemson has their, their backdoor comebacks pretty frequently, but I think getting in to a big lead early is, is a huge deal, and I think LSU will do it easily. All right. Well, then there you have it. Then all four of us end up picking LSU to win the game. I believe I was the only one to pick Clemson to cover the spread should be shaping up to be a fantastic national title game. Eight ten kickoff in New Orleans. Trick, quick trivia question yes. for my brother, RJ. Where did Coach O go to college? Oh, I didn't go to Syracuse. Because he coached at Miami. Because he went across... Um. Wasn't it a small school in Louisiana? Very small school in Louisiana. Oh, it was? I believe it, coached it I believe it was a small school in Louisiana, but we'll have the answer to that All trivia question. All right, you got us, RJ. Yeah, we'll have the answer to that what trivia is- question when we come out of break. Thank you so much again to Jordan for calling in as well as we just try to move things here through quickly. We are going to send it to a quick break. This is Round Chipper on 891, and we'll be right back. Sports. Stuff up. Sports, yeah, exactly. All right, we're back here to get into some NFL. Again, thank you to Jordan for coming on and calling on with his lock of the week as well as some game analysis. Wish we could have done longer, but as we said, we're a little, a little tight for time on this first show of the semester. We're going to get straight into the NFL playoffs, and we are going to start with the shock of the weekend. When the Baltimore Ravens fell to the Tennessee Titans at home, twenty-eight to twelve. So, just simply, what went wrong? The Ravens let the Titans do what the Ravens should have done to the Titans. They let them run all over them, and Lamar threw fifty-nine passes. That's where that's, I was going. Yeah, I apologize for taking that thing. No, for letting me, but it's that's they, they. I think Jim Nance said it, or not? Uh, yeah, he said it at the end. He was like, or Tony Romo, when he threw fifty passes to me in the fourth quarter. There's no way they should have done that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pretty similar. They just let. Tennessee do what Tennessee wanted to do. They had no answer to stopping Derrick Henry, who had another almost 200-yard game, which mm-hmm. is absurd. And he threw a touchdown pass. He did. Jump pass. Just, Shades of Tim awesome. Tebow. That was my, that's my favorite play of the year. <laughs> which was a beautiful play. But, yeah, they just let Tennessee really do whatever they wanted, even though everybody everybody in the world knows what Tennessee's going to do, mm-hmm. on offense at least. They're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry, and then Tannehill's going to throw it for less than 100 yards. Both you just playoff have to games. stop Henry. Um, and it's... Kind of shocking that that Ravens team, especially the Ravens organization being known for their defense this year, a little less so because of Lamar Jackson and their offense being so fantastic. That defense never really had to do do too much. They were still a good team, but they weren't able to do anything. And then just, I think it was very evident on the fourth, the two fourth and ones that Baltimore had mm-hmm. not being able to get any, either of them. Ran it with Jackson on both of them both yeah. times. 
Um, but I think maybe a, a big part of that was uh, Edwards being kind of hobbled the entire game and um, Lamar not really trusting handing it off and having thinking he had to do everything himself. Yeah, Ingram coming back from that calf injury is really hard to to deal with. I, again, completely agree that Jackson throwing it 60 times is not something that Baltimore would want to do. Obviously, fantastic athlete, should be unanimous, unanimous MVP this year. But just 60 times, that's not what Baltimore does. I mean, they no. came in, I believe, fourth in the league in rushing and 27th in the league in passing. And that's not because they couldn't throw the ball. It's that they had the lead in every single game. So all they had to do was run the ball. And that's what happened here is that Tennessee went out and just punched them in the mouth, went up 14-0 early, and just a real shock for Baltimore. And they were just never able to get something going. I mean, you saw turnovers, which you didn't really see from the Ravens all season. And then, as you guys alluded to before, Tennessee was just able to stick to their game plan, which is Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. And you know what? That's working right now. And that's why Tennessee's in the AFC championship game. Baltimore, this team will be back. This is a very talented team. It's a very young team. They're led by Ozzie Newsom, one of the best general managers in the league. They've got John Harbaugh in um, in place as head coach. This is going to be a really good team for a while. I'm shocked that they came out so slow because that was just the nail in the coffin from the start is letting Tennessee get ahead. And they're going to try to do the same thing to Kansas City this yeah, weekend. Yeah, it was two years in a row. And also, too, is um, Baltimore had four turnovers. They had the two interceptions and the two turnover on downs. And on all four of those times, Titans went down and scored touchdowns. So it's like, that's also, like, like to note that. But, um, yeah, I think it is Russ versus Russ, versus Russ I think was a little bit. But um, it's a shame that that's happened twice now, two years in a row for Ravens. Yeah, it's it's very surprising. Well, this year it's surprising. Last year yeah. it was more of let's see what Lamar can do. That's when they were <laughs> to the complete opposite of what they did in this game. That's yeah. when they were running it like 40 times yeah. a game. So interesting to see how things flipped here. Um, moving along then, the Chiefs stormed back against the Houston Texans to win 51-31 at home. This game just seemed to flip on Bill O'Brien deciding to do a fake punt for no apparent reason from their own 30-yard line. Yeah, that's just. Um, it, so Houston it, was up twenty four nothing as as yes. a precursor for what we're about to get into. Uh, well, at the fake punt, it was twenty four seven. Twenty four seven, yes, twenty four seven. They were up twenty four nothing at one point. At and one then, point, yes. the drive before that. But yeah, I think they completely lost this game on coaching in those three minutes where Kansas City scored three touchdowns. Um, it's just the, the thing that I find baffling is you're on. Um, it was what the on. On Kansas City's 30 with a fourth and one, and you waste two timeouts just for no reason, mm-hmm. really, because you couldn't get a play call in. Um, you're about to go for it, then you settle for the field goal. And then the next drive, after Kansas City scores, you're on your own 30, and you go for, I believe it was like a fourth and five with a fake punt, and then just did not execute the fake punt well at all. Um, Kansas City knew it was coming. <laughs> it was able to stop it before like anything ever started. So... Yeah, that's just, I think those those two plays and then how fast Kansas City was able to explode off of that, just once once that happened, Houston never had a chance. Like, there was no waiting for Houston to have a rebuttal because just being the underdog, having the confidence of being up 24 points and then just being it taken away in three minutes, you just can't recover from that, especially on the road. They got blown away in those three minutes. So Mahomes threw four touchdowns in the second quarter alone. Yeah, it's just, I think also, too, Kansas City did it without... Possibly their, uh, possibly like their deepest threat is their um, with Tyreek Hill. 
he didn't do that much yesterday, and it's crazy that they only three catches for forty one yards. Yeah, Travis Kelsey had a couple drops in the game, and then after and still that, ended up with three touchdowns. Yeah, and it's that third touchdown that Mahomes threw when he was going past the line. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but dragging his left foot. I I want to think that he did that on purpose, and that was incredible. I think Beautiful. he did. Yeah. I think he, he knew exactly what he did. Yeah. He knew he was pulling the the corner because the corner was in zone at the time. Yeah. He pulled the corner away from uh, who was able to stand next to Kelsey. Brought it because he, for the threat of Mahomes rushing, was able to bring him towards his left and found a wide open Kelsey while able to drag that foot. Yeah, I absolutely think he meant because it it's Patrick Mahomes and he's the best yes. quarterback in football. He thinks, yeah, and it's just, and that's why I told my dad, even when they're down twenty four zero, I said you can't count the team out. Like there was still eleven minutes to go in the second quarter. Like there was still seventy five percent of a full game, and they scored eight straight drives, eight straight touchdowns, <laughs> or eight straight drives because they had the field goal. It's yes. like that was just incredible. It's just hats off. I'm excited for Andy Reid. I am too. Yeah, I I, I feel the same way. So that brings sets up an incredibly interesting AFC championship game stylistically, as we just entitled with Tennessee Titans, just the epitome of ground and pound and Kansas City has ability to completely air it out behind Mahomes. What do we think happens there? My brain says that Kansas City is going to win this game because even with the Titans doing what they want to do and getting that lead kind of early and then kind of draining the clock. Kansas City's offense, you just can't do that against. Like they're they could be down twenty in the fourth quarter and they can come back because of what Patrick Mahomes can do. Unlike what Lamar Jackson can do, where if Patrick Mahomes threw sixty passes, you'd be like, <laughs> "That's just a points. game." Like a hundred yeah. points. Um, so that's different. Um, so that makes me lead believe that Kansas City is going to win. But also the team of destiny thing with the Tennessee Titans and what they've been it's able there. to do, and how nobody's been able to figure out how to stop Derrick Henry, who is a beast of a man. Um, that that's going to be really interesting. So I guess I I think the Titans are actually going to win this game. Oh, do you really? Wow. Yeah, I just I just awesome. can't go against like my guts telling me that it's going to happen because it's like that team of destiny, like those Giants teams, um, those Ravens with um Flacco, Flacco. Flacco. Uh, um, yeah. it, it kind of gives me those vibes, and maybe Tannehill will like throw for a hundred yards. And <laughs> I mean, help. Listen, Tannehill. Before going to the playoffs, very, Tannehill's been fantastic. Yeah, I'm not bashing him. It's just sure. like they haven't needed him, which no, is like yeah. they've had they, a game plan and they've executed yes. on it. They, so, yeah, they were really close against the Saints without mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. Yeah. And the Saints were the three, should could have been the one seed, two seed maybe. I don't know what that whole thing was. Two seed, with two the seed 17. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I was thinking Kansas City by 17 until you talked your way in there. <laughs> by 17, <laughs> well, really? It is, I still think I'm going to say Kansas City by 17, like 31, 14. Yeah, I think that adds up to 17. Yep. I guess. Um, <laughs> Good math. R. David would be proud. Yeah, R. David with the P-value, but the... Um, <laughs> The only thing, though, is like Kansas City's defense is not as good as the Ravens. It's not as good. And it's like that's true. They have Tyron <laughs> Matthew making plays back there. They, they added DeMarcus Ware, not DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, they have Suggs, but it's but Matthew's back there, but they're not going to throw the ball to him. No, they're <laughs> they, run it the whole time. It's like they, the, the Ravens put like 10 guys, if not 11. They would literally almost have 11 guys in the box because they would go close set. They relied on Earl Thomas trying to cause a turnover and Thomas was in the backfield a lot every but he time. just he wasn't yeah. able to take him down. And it's yeah, I but I just I'm going to say Kansas City by 17 but like who knows if they if they, even they have a 3 point lead going into the second half, I would not be surprised if they have a 30 minute drive now but like they could literally yeah. just ice the game, ground and pound and then Mahomes just speaks you so quick at scoring touchdowns. If they play good defense on three plays, that could be a 30 second drive three and out incomplete passes, which probably, you know, which probably would not happen, but there's the possibility. Anything can happen. Sure. I'll take the median in that and say, I think Kansas city wins, but I think it's closer than a lot of people think because I think Tennessee is just there. Like, 
I don't think they've gotten the respect that they deserve for just, I mean, think about what they've done. They've gone into New England and they've gone into Baltimore and pack to pack. First, they had to fight their way into the playoffs. Because Pittsburgh kind of had a stranglehold on that sixth spot for most of the second half of the season. Then they go into, into New England. Then they go into Baltimore. At Kansas City is obviously brutal, but they're, they're doing it before, so I'm not going to rule them out. I do think Kansas City just got too much. This feels like Kansas City's year. I can already see the Super Bowl DVD starting with the D Ford offside in the oh. championship game against the Patriots last year, <gasps> going from victory to defeat and then flashing back, flashing forward to where they are now. I can already see it in my head. This feels like a Kansas City year for me, so I do think the Chiefs end up winning this game. NFC. We'll just get through really quickly and we'll leave the coaching hires for next week because that's just something that we can touch on. Um, and because I, I would love to give my thoughts, especially on Joe <laughs> Judge. Um, so in the NFC, we're going to start Green Bay outlast Seattle 28 23. I mean, the big things that I'm just going to go with with this game Aaron Rodgers made the gigantic throw to Devontae Adams when he needed mm. to towards the sideline. It was a picture perfect throw, and Jimmy Graham was able to fight for it just enough. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I think he got the first down. I think he did. I think yeah. he got the first down. It's very close. And I mean, is there anything else to really say about that game? It's so tough because I think Seattle is actually the better team, but that's if they're healthy. They're not healthy. So Green Bay right now, Green Bay, as things stood, I think is the better team and gives San Francisco the better matchup here. That Green Bay defense is better than people give it credit for. Again, you saw pressure on the quarterback, which is the biggest thing for them. Smith's brothers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love Snubbed that. with the shirt. It yeah. was absolutely fantastic. So Green Bay is better than I think because a lot of people have been killing the Packers. One of our co-hosts here oh yeah who yeah yeah exactly has been killing the packers i think green they suck they're not (laughs) i think green bay my parents listen this kind my god i think green bay is better than they get credit for at this point (laughs) but i don't think green bay is better than san francisco and that leads into the 49ers defeating minnesota pretty handily 27 to 10 really never fought felt like the Vikings. yeah yeah you lost your bet don't celebrate over there it never really felt like minnesota was able to get into this game that San Francisco defensive front is just beyond amazing at this point. Nick yeah. Bosa is an absolute superstar in this league. So it sets up San Francisco Green Bay. What? How do we think that one plays out? I know how you think it plays out, but... <laughs> uh, I, I'm go with him, 49ers. Close? Blowout? 10, 7, score, one score, one score. 49ers by 14. 49ers by 14. Aaron Rodgers is going to be on his butt a lot in this I, game. I think so, too. I'm, I don't know how Green Bay is going to be able to withstand the pressure that San Francisco is going to be able to get on them. Mm-hmm. I think Garoppolo is going to just try to play really consistent and conservative with the ball. That trade for Emmanuel Sanders midseason does not get enough press for how much of a game changer that's been for San Francisco. Their running game is strong as they continue to rotate people in and out. I just think San Francisco is going to be able to wear down Green Bay and take them out. I, again, think this one's a closer one, but I think San Francisco takes it. All right, so that wraps up NFL. Like I said, would love to do coaching hires, but next week we'll go. We'll wrap up Championship Sunday as well as touch on the coaching hires. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and go into one more segment here because the Astros news, of course, came out the day that we have an abbreviated show. So this is Round Trip on 89.1, and we'll be right back. All right, I, the Tiger there, as a Tiger, will be taking home the National Championship. Thank you to Conrad for that wonderful suggestion. Really smart, always thinking. That's why the man's already employed. All right. Answer to our trivia question that's been teased for over a segment. Where did is, Coach Joe go to college? Look it up already. Northwestern State University. Which is in Louisiana. So Conrad and I were both semi-correct by saying a small school in Louisiana. I'm going to take credit for that. So yep. Conrad, 
I and sure what it was uh, way off. Wait, yeah. I had, I had, I had two <laughs> schools where he coached at. <laughs> so, so we have close. that. Very close. But all right, so we would have spent more time on NFL and college football if this news did not break today because we've got about 10 minutes left in the show. The Astros punishment was handed down by Commissioner Rob Manford today. A one-year suspension for A.J. Hinch as, as well as General Manager Jeffrey Lunau. A $5 million fine to the organization forfeit of 2020 and 2021 first and second round draft picks now this is all of course for the cheating scandal that occurred in the 2017 season has continued to go on as we saw through video and is alleged to have gone on from before that but 2017 is definitely the year in question because the year they won the world series and that's where most of these allegations come from now it then came out that the astros owner jim crane fired both aj hinch and jeffrey lunau so basically what do we think of all this? Did they get it right? Did they not put enough on them? Did they put too much on them? Did they deserve to get fired? Yeah, I think they deserve to be fired. I think they, I don't know if you can do a death penalty, but I think they, I I think that it's, that the NCAA takes away championships. They vacate the championship. How come you kind of can't do that in professional sports? Is they vacate wins, they vacate national championships. Is obviously, like they spent a decent amount of time looking at this because this came out in November. Am I correct? So they've looked at it for yeah, about two then. months. Yep. I think also to the manager said like it doesn't put an a- or not manager, the, the owner owner says it doesn't put an asterisk next to us. We broke the rules, but we still won. And it's that's the definition of, of, an, br- of an asterisk. So um yeah, I just I'm upset with it. I think that it's, you know, any being untruthful be like any cheating in any sport I think is it's not fair. You know, it's just, it's not good for the game. It's not good for anything. I think it's correct that they shouldn't have, shouldn't have even had been fired. They should have just been let go. They shouldn't have gone to this far. So I think they got it correct. The MLB, I think they could have gone harsher as well. And the $5 million, do you say the $5 million? $5 million. Well? Dollars. It's a crazy amount. I've never seen that amount. Like it's, it's just it's it's a sad day for baseball. They, they did thing. it to send a message because, yeah. of course, for the owner, that's, you know, a, a billionaire yeah, giving him a five million dollar fine. How much is that really to him? But it sends a message. Five yeah. million is not nothing. So I think that that's where that and, comes from. Yeah, it's and it'll just last thing is just it'll be interesting. It happens with court. We talked about this before the radio. I've yeah. I've heard like he's sentences. in big trouble yeah. is, is where this comes to. So Alex Cora was basically uh, indicted today in the um the remarks that was released by Rob Manfred that he was basically the ringleader of this entire thing in Houston. Basically a couple weeks ago was also found out he's brought a very similar program to Boston who also won a world series behind yeah. that as well. And they both beat the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. Yep. Madeline. Yes. Yeah. We're sorry about that. Los Angeles. So that suspension will come out more towards the regular season would be my guess just because they want to fully investigate the Red Sox. Yeah, he's in big trouble, too. It's at least a year, if not more, um, as you said. So that'll be very interesting to follow. Conrad, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I think they, I'd say, got it right. The only thing that would have been, like, this is, I think, the most you can do without, like Sherwood was saying, of getting rid of um, banning um, Hinch and Luhau from Major League Baseball for the rest of their lives. This is, like, anything more than this, it kind of is just, like, not really, but one year is like a legit thing. Um, one thing I'm just interested in is um, with with the firing, if it was anything less, like let's say if it was half a season, does that change things with regards to firing? Or are I they bet fired? you it would have. Mm-hmm. Which is what I think. But like, yeah, because one year, like you might as well restart if you already have that full year of um, being gone. With But if it's half a season, who really knows? That's just one thing that's interesting to me and um, how, how all of that kind of transpired this afternoon. Yeah, so 
Major League Baseball on this. I think that they got it right because it had to be harsh. I think they also could have gone further and that I would have really liked to see them take away some international signing bonus yeah, money. Yeah, taking away that money. Because that's, that's, where that's, the, the first thing. that's where the Astros have really just been fantastic um, throughout the, the past couple of years, being able to recruit guys through international signing bonus money. I mean, that's how a lot of baseball is being built nowadays as well through that international signing bonus. I think the one-year suspension for Hinch and Loonhow fit the crime, and I like that. I do agree that at that point, you do just move on from them because you're not just, especially for a team that's this good. Now, it'll also be very interesting to see how things turn out now because remember, they yeah. lost Garrett Cole. They just lost their two most important executives. AJ Hinge, one of the most highly regarded managers in baseball leading up into this disaster. That's a huge, huge loss for them. So how we see that moving forward will be very, very interesting. The other thing to go with it, are these too toxic now? It's a one-year suspension, but is this basically a lifetime ban or do they get a job again? That's the thing about expect Loonhow, I'm not sure. Hinch is so highly thought of, as I said. Does someone else take a chance on him two years down the line? Yeah, like a bench coach, something. I think personally just ruining the integrity of like you don't have any like the morals of yourself is going in there and cheating for the integrity for that and for the game. But it's all about winning now. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, why not? It's the same way, you know, if someone takes steroids. I mean, think about it. The Michael Vick got back in the league after yeah, his yeah. after his scandal. Greg Williams, Sean Payton were suspended for over a year. Yeah, yeah I forgot and, about that. And they're back in it. Yeah. So these things happen, but if you don't put the lifetime hammer on them, they can find a way to come back. Now, I still think there's a chance that these guys are done. Yeah, there's, yeah. yeah. Think, especially if baseball continues to investigate different teams and finding more things. Teams just may want to disassociate completely, which I understand, but it'll be interesting to see if they can get back into it. Um, the forfeit of the draft picks is giant. I mean, that's huge. Just a 22 years, your first and second round picks. Uh, people love to poke at baseball and say, oh, who cares about the draft? It's not about that. Yes, it is. It's about putting really good talent into your pipeline, whether you're going to use it as a trade or just groom it to be cost effective for those first three years. Because remember in baseball, first three years, they can't negotiate a contract. Yeah, it's like um, well, yeah. pennies. Too. They can no- negotiate a, an extension, but no team wants to do that because you can pay them like $500,000. Yeah. And then you have to send another three years to the team through arbitration. So you can't even hit free agency into six years in. So the draft is really important and you just took away the basically the top end of the talent pool in the draft for them. This is a major, major punishment. I've seen a lot of people come out and say that it's just a slap on the wrist. It's not a slap no. on the wrist. This is big. But I also think they could have gotten further mm. in uh, in terms of that uh, allocation, international allocation money. Anything else we want to hit on baseball or did we actually just run through the show in the perfect time that I wanted minutes. to? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Quick we said Nova. seven. Three, three minutes quick basketball recap. Villanova 2-0 week up to number 14 in the polls. Uh, really, really good win on the road at Creighton. An incredibly mm-hmm. impressive win, actually. I don't want to understate that at all. 80-66 to win against Georgetown. Um, home games against DePaul and UConn this week. Anything in particular you guys want to touch on very quickly about DePaul them? should be exciting. DePaul, yes. They were, yeah. they were working great that to begin with. Uh, struggle a little bit Big East play. Let's see what happens. Lines we kind of St. John's last year. UConn, great to get back. Uh, play them again. They'll be in the Big East next year, so it'll be fun. Yeah, no, I think that uh, tomorrow night's going to be a lot of fun with DePaul. Hopefully they figure out how to play in the Big East. Um, but they yeah, did. not against so us. Far. Hopefully not against yeah. us. Hopefully yeah. not against DePaul us. DePaul had that very, very impressive start but to the season. I would like them to eventually figure out how to win against Just not against East, us. Just to yeah. make it more interesting. Sure. Yeah, would prefer if it's like Saturday or something. Yes. Uh, yeah. Quick shout-outs for that as well. Sadiq Bay, career high, 33 mm-hmm. points. Yep. Against Georgetown over the weekend continues his Which just fantastic. meteoric rise yeah. from guy that was supposed to redshirt 
at the start of last season to just Villanova star now. And as well, I want Jeremiah Robinson to get some more attention. He won Big East Freshman of the Week, and you know what? He deserves it because, no, he hasn't done what he did that first, I don't know, week or two where Mm -hmm. it was just incredible performances. How good he's been down low rebounding and defensively cannot be understated. And just to think of the Creighton play where he's able to get the offensive rebound, stay in bounds and chuck it to Gillespie to be able to give Villanova to run some more time off the clock and then uh, shoot free throws. That can't be understated. So Robinson Rowe playing very, very well, though the press hasn't really been on him. We haven't had, a, I feel like we haven't had a big guy, like it's a big man rebound that goes in there, goes up, skies, grabs it, until Jeremiah. Yeah, he's been really, really good. Flown under the radar a little bit, but an integral part to how Villanova plays and will absolutely be tested tonight or tomorrow night as he goes up against Paul Reed, who's averaging a double-double. Um, one most improved player in the Big East last year, having a very, very solid season for DePaul. That'll wrap it up. Sherwood, I know you oh, have something you would like to yeah. touch on. Uh, Jeopardy goat tournament. I'm so excited oh, for it. It's it returns tomorrow night. I have tonight. No, tomorrow night because they didn't want to put it up oh, against didn't? Okay, uh, the national okay. championship. There's game. also another big show on tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's not four, referring to the national championship yeah. game, by the way. Four, there's four. I thought it was the tonight. Yeah. No, but, I promise yeah, I know, you it's tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, no, I know. I have a tape. Um, okay, yeah. Okay, so, spoiler alert. Ken Jennings. Do you say spoiler or not? Spoiler alert. Oh. Ken Jennings is up two games to one oh, on yeah, James yeah. Holtzauer. Brad Rutter has zero right now. How do we see this thing closing out this week? Ken. I think Ken wins it. I'm Ken. rooting for James. I think Ken wins it. I'm not a huge James guy. Not James a James guy. guy. I love Jeffrey James. I, yeah. I, James will come back. Don't worry. You think so? Yeah. He's a stud. I think they have to stud tomorrow night. From the Midwest. Brad, from Brad's going to win. That's true. They have, they have to throw him. You think Brad's going to win? I don't think Brad's going to win. No, he'll win. get he'll a game. He'll get a game. No, he'll get a game. Because he can't. They got to throw one. I don't think he's going to, man. Yeah, but he just looks overmatched there. But also, too, my parents aren't watching it. Um, these questions are double as tough as regular Jeopardy questions. Yeah, there's some difficult ones. Because usually, like, I can get about, I can feel about a fourth to half of them kind of be like, either no way to be like kind of I on can the have an educated guess right on it. there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. You were not, like, I'm getting like three or four of these. I did get the final Jeopardy, though, I did too. of the first game. I got. A, I think I've gotten two of the final Jeopardy so far, but so it's I've been like, happy with that. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so fun to watch, and it's, it's, it's almost as good TV as it is it's like competition because they're great personalities. That's the thing. They they intertwine really. Obviously, you've got Trebek who's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's been really great TV, and I'm really happy that they decided to do that. But all right, it's 7:51. That'll wrap it up as we get ready to move into position for an awesome national championship game. Thank you again for Jordan for coming on and giving us his lock of the week as well as his pick. Guys, any final things? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. All right, so thank you from I'm Pat Zang alongside Jack Sherwood and Conrad Bayer. This is Round Tripper on 89.1. We'll be back next Monday with a recap of all the sports world's action. Go Cats. Go Bills. Go Cats.